Shopify Masters is powered by Shopify, the easiest way to sell online, in person, and anywhere in between. To get an extended 30-day trial, visit shopify.com slash masters. The cool thing about Facebook Live is that, you know, people want to engage with you. They want to know the face behind the brand. Hey, my name is Felix. I'm the host of Shopify Masters. Each and every week, you learn the keys to success from e-commerce experts and entrepreneurs like you. In this episode, you'll learn how to get your product on registries, how to start your first Facebook Live event, and how to partner with other content creators to scale up your Facebook Live events. Today, I'm joined by Melissa Gerson from Tranquilo Mat. Tranquilo Mat is a portable soothing mat that mimics the womb with constant motion and sound to calm crying babies and help them to sleep. And we're starting in 2015 and based out of Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, Felix. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about, or described a little bit about the the, the business, about the product. Talk to us a little about the the typical customer. Who who is the ideal customer? Who's your ideal demographic? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, everyone's can suffer when there's a crying baby, uh, even mm-hmm. innocent bystanders, so to speak. Uh, but our main customer is parents um, and folks who are pregnant or expecting, uh, you know, a baby. So uh, we get a lot of first-time parents, a lot of seasoned parents purchase our product. Pretty much anyone um, who has a baby is zero to uh, twelve months. Um, it's most effective for babies zero to six months, um, which is when they're usually experiencing what's referred to as the fourth trimester. Mm. Um, it's essentially they're missing being inside the womb. Um, In the womb, it's as loud as a vacuum cleaner. And they're in constant motion because they're suspended in water. And so they come out into the wide world and we put them in a silent crib, in a silent, sorry, stationary crib in a silent room. And they don't really want to sleep. (laughs) So um, I'm I'm a maternity nurse and I knew kind of the science behind keeping them calm by using that constant motion and sound and also, um, you know, uh, just came up with a product that way. And so those are our customers are, um, well, I guess in, in many ways our end users are the babies, right? uh, but their parents are buying it for them because they just need a little bit extra sleep. Um, so Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I'm actually expecting my first child, so I don't have this product yet, but I'm sure when I'm in the throes of it all, I'm going to want to get your product as soon as possible. Um, so that brings me to my, to my, to my point, which was, which is that do, do the, the customers, the, the actual buyers, do the parents typically buy before they have the, 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 the baby or do they typically buy when the baby's born already? When in that kind of cycle in their life do, do you find that customers are coming to you? It's both. Uh, I would say some parents uh, have heard about us while they're pregnant. Um, you know, maybe they haven't decided to buy or they put us on their registry and they don't get the item or, you know, nobody buys it for them. Um, but we do have parents who purchase before their baby's born. They're super excited. Baby's born, they use it. Um, and then, of course, we get the parents who either have heard of us or haven't, but now they have a baby, they have a crying baby, they have that kind of pain point, um, and they find us that way. Um, we use a lot of... Um, you know, techniques to kind of reach those particular customers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, social media is a, is a big refer um, to our site, uh, social media ads as well, um, and things like that. So that's that's usually when parents are um, finding us is one of those two times is either when they're kind of setting up their registry um, and then getting it for their registry gift or uh, when they're doing they have a new baby and they're experiencing the mm-hmm. pain and uh trauma, so to speak, of right. many sleepless nights. So Yeah, so a couple of different, I guess, uh, customers, at least a couple of different uh, stages in their life, the life you know, before the baby, the life after the baby, and then of course, anyone that is giving a gift to, to, to new parents. Do you, have, do you have to change up the messaging in any way? I know you mentioned the different uh, ways that you do reach them through social media, but do you change up the messaging in any way to, to touch these uh, you know, potential customers at these different points in their lives? Uh, we've been very fortunate. Those um, who are buying as a gift uh, are generally grandparents, so they've had kids before, mm. or are you know friends who may already have children. Uh, so a lot of the people that are purchasing um, end up being people who immediately see value in a product like ours because they're used to taking their baby out, like let's say long drives, or using a product um, maybe like a swing um, to keep their baby quiet. So they kind of understand that babies miss the constant motion, and then when we you know when we let them know about the constant sound, they're like, oh, that makes total sense. You know, my baby would always fall asleep at a party. Um, so it makes sense that 
they actually miss the, the noise mm-hmm. instead of the quiet. Um, and so it's pretty easy to actually work to convert those customers um, because they often see the value pretty quickly. So we don't necessarily need to change our messaging there. Um, I would say that new parents um, are often more overwhelmed with the things that are coming their way. Um, and in some cases, we have to have many more touch points with those folks um, to be able to convert them into actual customers just because they're, you know, they're looking at this for the registry on a Saturday and then they're, you know, going back to do their research on the various products and then kind of refining their registry before their baby shower, um, things like that. And so there's, you know, or, or they just don't know what it's like to have a crying baby mm-hmm. or they think they're going to have a baby who'll be, oh, it's just, it'll be fine. And then they actually get into the thick of it and they're like, oh man, this really sucks. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, so I, I would say that um, our messaging kind of remains the same, but the number of touch points that we need with a customer might change. Um, and I will also say that in the, on the rare occasion that we're getting the gift buyer who is buying, who doesn't have children, but is buying for a friend who's pregnant, um, you know, those folks often, a lot of the millennials these days are very tech savvy. Um, and we consider our product, you know, we, we're based on science, the science mm-hmm. of, of mimicking the womb and calming babies. Um, and a lot of people just think it's a cool kind of techie gadget because it's something new that, that they haven't heard of. So those are the same types of people that often frequent like a Kickstarter and Indiegogo to buy cool hit products for themselves. So when they see something like ours, they're like, I'm going to be the coolest person at this baby shower. Um, and so that's usually another easy kind of convert. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of our customer, but our messaging for the most part, um, stays similar. Um, Right. Yeah, it sounds like it revolves a lot around the the concept of the registry. It's either someone putting it on the registry, someone maybe bringing a gift uh, that might may or may not be on the registry. But when it is on a registry, it, it it obviously improves the chance of someone buying because now you expose it to so many different potential buyers that are coming to celebrate and to to buy a gift for for the new parents. Are there ways to make your product stand out or become more attractive to get onto a registry? Because I think this I mean the, obviously yours is is for for new parents, but I can imagine new homes or marriage or even a holiday wish list. Like being on some kind of a list, I think is a great way to 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 drive tra- traffic and potential sales. So, what have you uh, noticed about how to get on a registry? Yeah. So um, when it comes to kind of the big box registries, um, I would consider that to be stores like Babies R Us, Bye Bye Baby, uh, even Target has registries. Um, Those are often, um, you know, you either have to be on their platform, which fortunately we are for Bye Bye Baby and Target these days. um, But, uh, you know, you have to often it's kind of pay for play, um, to get on those registries and to be able to be more known and seen. Um, and that as a small startup, we just don't have that kind of cash. So, um, we've been again, utilizing more social media tactics, doing, um, kind of, there are often baby shows that crop up, uh, for parents in various big cities. So, um, folks, parents will go to those to kind of scope out the baby products while they're pregnant or, you know, when they've got a new baby to check out new products that they might not have known about. Um, so we really optimize on, on going to those as well, but, um, you know, getting on a registry these days, one of the great things for us is a, is a list called the baby list. Um, and they allow for registries on, um, So essentially you can set up a registry there, but shop at any other independent website. Mm -hmm. And that's been really helpful for us. And then of course, you know, the thousand pound elephant in the room is, um, Amazon and Mm -hmm. they're kind of the fastest growing registry these days. And so we love to take advantage of linking our Amazon through our Shopify. And it makes it really easy for us to, um, we pull in the orders directly from Amazon. They come right into Shopify and we can just deal with everything in Shopify. And all of our information goes straight to our fulfillment warehouse from Shopify. Um, so being on Amazon is another crucial piece for our business, but we do it through Shopify in a way. Um, and we find Shopify to be a much better system for us, um, to manage all those orders and to manage those customers. So. Got it. So you mentioned that there are, it sounds like there are two types of registries out there. There's the, the organic ones that are created by by customers, by, by soon-to-be parents in this case, and then also these pay-for-play registries. Can you talk about those specifically? What, what are these pay-for-play type of registries? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we haven't dove too much into that, so I can't speak that much to it, to be honest, but I will say that I know, um, for target, uh, when a parent registers with them, they often either receive in the mail or receive in store a booklet Mm -hmm. that has, you know, suggested items or, you know, potential marketing information, um, you know, for the parents to look at different products and to be on something like that would be great because you're getting in front of every single person that's signing up on a registry for let's say target. Um, but you have to actually pay target to be in the 
excuse me, to be in those guides. Um, and that can be very costly for a company like ours. We're, we're not just talking a couple thousand dollars. We're talking tens of thousands of dollars um, each year. And it's just not something that we have at this stage. Um, so we're trying to find more of the organic uh, ways to, to be in front of those customers. So, um, you know, banner ads or social media referrals that are actually driving customers, um, you know, either to our site or to support our channel partners like a, like a, like Target because we're on Target.com. So. Got it. Now, do, when you are focused on driving the, the, the organic registries, are you are these banner ads and social media content, is it saying things like add this to your registry or do you just focus on driving them to the product and getting them potentially to buy there or do you try to get into that intermediary, I guess, step of just getting them to add it to their wish list? Uh, we actually tried to just refer them to the website to learn about our product and to um, to convert them that way. We have better margins on our website um, or on or on Shopify because we use Shopify, of course. Um, so yeah, we have the best margins there. So we do drive them there. We find that once a customer knows about our product, it is a pretty easy step for them to want to add it to a registry. So they learn about us um, through other things, and you know, we're keeping presented to them on their social media channels, and you know, via ads and things like that. Um, and we also do. Um, once a customer signs up on our website, you know, we'll, we'll include them on our email list. And then of course they're getting updates and we're, we're providing content to them as a nurse, you know, I'm providing various, uh, like a Facebook live video to teach them about how to calm their baby or, you know, what to expect with their first diapers or how to swaddle a baby. So, and then we send those out in an email blast so that we're also educating customers. And that usually keeps them engaged with us and our platform and, and obviously keeps our product in their mind so that they're very likely to add it to their registry. Um, and thus, you know, convert and at the end of the day, either when somebody buys it for them, or like I said, when, when they're realizing how difficult it is on those sleepless nights, um, and they, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning and we, we get, we get quite a few orders actually, probably more than most <laughs> Shopify stores at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So it, it, very busy customers, it sounds like, which means probably a longer sales cycle, which means more touch points that you need to to be in front of them so they keep you top of mind. Uh, based on y all the your entire funnel, what do you think is the most important piece of that funnel? What, what do you what have you found to be the, the highest converting or the most important piece that if it were taken out would uh, have, you know, pretty, pretty large impact on, on your funnel? Yeah, interestingly enough, um, I mean, I've mentioned this a few times already. Is the social is social media? It's especially Facebook. Um, when you look at demographics, uh, a lot of moms spend time on Facebook, um, and they, you know, it, they're actually either Facebook or Instagram, but those are kind of the main channels, um, as opposed to like Snapchat as a different type of mm -hmm. social media that we don't engage with customers on because it's not a lot of um, moms. It's more for the younger. Um, you know, the younger set. I'm not saying no moms that we, you know, experience are on Snapchat, mm -hmm. but it's not something that we found to be um, worth our while to, to be a platform, to be on that platform. But especially Facebook has one of those things If that were to be knocked out, um, you know, taking advantage, like I said, of Facebook lives where we provide uh, content and we provide customer engagement and we just provide good content for them um, to learn about because, you know, if they're learning about how to swaddle a baby, they're going to think about us or think about, mm -hmm. um, you know, think about the product when they're swaddling that baby and the, just the swaddling doesn't work. Um, so, uh, I would definitely say that Facebook is kind of our biggest thing and, um, you know, having, having the customers to, um, be out there and engage with our brand in that way. Um, we also have been taking advantage of online influencers. Um, initially, um, it didn't necessarily take off as expected, but then with, um, we were fortunate enough to air on Shark Tank and that kind of boosted our brand and boosted our know-how. And, you know, we ended up getting in front of influencers um, who then were suddenly more interested in our product. It was a great product before, but they, you know, it gets it stuck in an inbox. And so we ended up restarting that program. And now um, we've got more um, blogger involvement and, you know, folks who are also just you know, uh, mm -hmm. like we have guest bloggers, uh, mommy bloggers kind of come on our Facebook channel as well. So we end up kind of using some nice cross, um, uh, cross promotions between us. So 
those, I would definitely say that Facebook and, mm-hmm. and Instagram, we do a lot of giveaways as well with other brands. Um, and that's another great way for us to build our lists. Um, because folks have to, you know, if you want to win the various products, you have to sign up with your email and then, you know, we can take advantage of, you know, continuing to market it to the folks who haven't necessarily won. And we'll often follow up with coupons. Uh, if, Hey, sorry, you didn't win, but here's a coupon for you. So, um, I would say that those, and, and yeah. Facebook is one of those, Facebook and Instagram are those two, um, channels, but Facebook primarily, um, where we're seeing a lot more engagement and a lot more moms, um, coming to engage with the product as well as, um, you know, signing up for those free giveaways and things like that. So, yeah. So you, you said a lot of great things there. Lots of great vibe information gave away a lot of that. So I want to dive into each one of these. You mentioned first, which I think is most interesting is Facebook live. I think that it's great that you're out there and in, in representing your company and being the face of, of your business and, and, you know, talking directly to your customers. Where did this idea come from? How, how did you get motivated into, into doing a live video of yourself? Yeah. Um, so I have an amazing team that I work with and it, um, it came from one of our social media, um, gurus on the team that was like, Hey, Facebook live is really taken off. We should try to take advantage of this. Um, you know, especially being a nurse, um, we should try to really promote that content because you're an expert in a lot of different things. And so we can get in front of our customers and provide them with good content. Um, so we also, like I said, we, we tried it and that's what we saw. We, we started with kind of the basics. Um, you know, the product is based on the five S's, which is a very mm-hmm. famous, um, it's, you know, by Harvey, it was a famous theory. Happiest baby on a block or something. Exactly. Yep. Happiest baby on the block. And so I knew those, I had taken a special infant, um, crying specialist course. And so I was very adept in those. So we started with the base books on our live and like each week I did one overview the first week of how, what the five S's were. And then I, I did each one, um, swaddling one week and then, you know, swaying another week, which is the constant motion piece and kind of talking about it. And, you know, it's great because you can, you can provide really great content and then you can, at least, especially on those topics, you can end up working the, working the product right into. Um, and then we ended up finding, um, you know, sleep consultants and other, um, you know, doulas, uh, in the space doulas are kind of, uh, trained, uh, non-medical professionals that help with births. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we've had some other experts kind of come on and provide really great content for our users. Um, and it it has been a really great way. Like we end up seeing people pop on or, you know, comes on their feed and they join us on the video and we're getting them into engaged by saying like, Hey, let us know where you're joining in from. I've actually had, um, customers or, you know, people on our channel, I had a cold one week and somebody sent me some cold remedies, you know, like they followed yeah. up after and emailed and said, wanted to let you know that with your colds, you can try these different, um, you know, homeopathic res- remedies. Um, and a lot of times we get people who, you know, who chime in for the first time. And even though the topic isn't necessarily about our product, they end up asking several questions about the product. And it's great because then everyone else who's watching can hear, you know, kind of a little bit about our pitch and our product form from me. And I try to have the product handy on the videos. Um, I also, as a nurse, I am not a mother. Um, a lot of my team members are mothers and moms, but I don't often have a, a real baby on hand for these live videos. So I have a, a nice baby doll that's weighted that kind of acts like a doll that I we use at shows. And so I bring him... Uh, I, I think it maybe needs a name, but I guess <laughs> him or her out um, and kind of demo um, various things. So uh, a few weeks ago, we did something on diapers and I'm going to be following up with a part two uh, coming up shortly. So we find that we get a ton of engagement, lots of you know hearts and shares and things like that. We also did a really creative thing and we're definitely going to take advantage of that in the future is um, Facebook Live giveaways. And so we had folks tune in and we were talking about our best sleep products and it was right before Christmas. That was just, I mean, we had crazy engagement on that one. Um, and it was awesome to be able to promote. And of course we got involved with other brands. So then they shared our, um, lives after the fact too, with their channels. So it was just a phenomenal idea and we're going to do that, um, into the future. So, yeah. I'm certainly going to have to follow you on Facebook right after this this uh, <laughs> podcast. So when you are ready to go live, I think this is I think this is a pretty daunting, uh, uh, I guess, channel for a lot of people because you know a lot of entrepreneurs out there like the idea of online businesses because you can kind of just run your entire business without maybe ever seeing your customers, right? But you're getting <laughs> out there, you're presenting your, your business, presenting you're presenting a lot of great content. You're ready to go live for the first time. Do you just push a button and you're live or what kind of prep do you like to do maybe early on or, or these days? 
Yes. Yeah, so, um, so my team, we all work together. Um, you know, I have a blog prepped beforehand so that the blog corresponds to it. The blog actually helps me get prepped for the live. So I know that I've got just the right amount of content. We don't want to overload people. Um, sometimes I'll pick a particular topic and it'll end up being like a, an eight page, you know, and the equivalent of an eight page word document blog. And we're like, okay, we've got to scale that back. Um, because when I talk about it, it's going to be an hour plus and you know, that's a challenge for moms, you know, uh, baby might be crying or, you know, you're just going to get distracted in that. So we try to keep it, um, shorter and sweeter to that effect. And so we have a blog prepped in advance. Um, and then, uh, we do a little bit of prep, uh, you know, announcing the event with a photo and a description. And then, um, when I do go live, um, yeah, it's a matter of, I have the Facebook, uh, the business app Mm -hmm. of Facebook. It's called pages on my phone. And I, you know, click into there. One of the things right under our cover photo, you know, cover photo is uh, live. And I click on that, type in the topic that I'm going to be discussing. Um, and I hit live and you just wait for it gives you like kind of a countdown. And, uh, and then you get started. And certainly there's different techniques within that, um, that, you know, fortunately, like I said, I've, I have some social gurus now on my team who have taught me all the tips and tricks. Um, you know, so you start, and the, the cool thing about Facebook live is that, you know, people want to engage with you. They want mm-hmm. to know the face behind the brand. They want to know, you know, kind of like, j- and they love it when you are like, where are you tuning in from? And you say their name and then you follow, you know, they, they, they show up the next week and you follow up with them and you kind of get to know them. And that really, um, makes them think, think twice, um, about your brand in good and positive ways. And so you just want to be real, um, and honest with them and, you know, let them, let them see you and see kind of your home and see the face behind the business. Um, it's been a really great tool for us. Um, I'm not camera shy, uh, but even some of our team members who are camera shy, um, have actually ended up, um, like I said, for that giveaway, we had, uh, one of our other team members who hates, um, cameras and interviews and press and anything like that. And she participated with, um, with one of our other moms on the team and they just, they crushed it. You know, they knocked it out of the park cause you kind of forget you're talking to mm-hmm. a camera. You're talking to people, you know, people's names are popping up and they're asking you questions and you're like, Hey, Carla, like, thanks for tuning in. And you know, um, so, so it really isn't, yeah, you're nervous at first. Um, and I would definitely say the first Facebook live, you, you feel like you're super nervous, but you know, you kind of get into a nice groove about it. And, uh, after the first few it's old hat and it's, it's really nice to kind of talk to your customers and, and, uh, understand because you, you also get a lot of insight on what type of messaging is working for you and what isn't right. So if you constantly say one thing about your product and your customers are engaging with that and they're still showing up on Facebook live to ask you the same questions over and over, you're obviously not getting the message Mm -hmm. across same way you think you are. Um, so it's a great way to really, in a way, close that gap and have a, uh, you know, a face-to-face conversation. Right. It's like this instant feedback that you can, you can take right away. This little, there's a loop that you created. Can you think of any examples uh, off the top of your head that, that you've been able to, to close the, the particular gap in, in the messaging? Uh, yeah, I would definitely say, um, one of the, and we're still, to be fair, we're still trying to close the gap. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those, you think you've closed it and then you're like, Oh, I forgot about that email campaign or I forgot about, um, you know, that old blog post and you kind of had to go back and edit. Um, one of the things that we're really trying to close the gap on uh, these days is the difference between our product. We have two sizes. We have a large mat, um, that is more for sleep settings. So it's for cribs, bassinets, pack and plays, um, activity mats. It's more, I mean, certainly it's, still very portable, roll it up, toss it in a diaper bag and go. Um, but it is bigger and it's more when parents get that size, they understand baby is supposed to lay on it, right? Because it's sized that way. Um, but they think large and they think it's going to be larger than it really is. Um, and so we're trying to really close the gap on how big that is. And the Mm -hmm. lives have helped with that because it is that live video. They're seeing the baby doll. They're seeing it next to me live and in real time. And they're understanding how a baby fits on it, um, versus the small, which is much smaller, um, it is, we're, we're likely going to go in the direction of kind of even marketing it completely different in the sense of like changing its name and, um, you know, using it, considering it an accessory as opposed to the actual product. Um, but that's, that's a little ways away because we have to change all of our packaging and things like that. Um, in that sense though, the small size is, it's much smaller. It's the size of a sheet of paper, essentially it's eight by 11. So it doesn't really fit 
an entire baby on it. Um, it can be used though in a car seat. It's much more uh, flexible in that sense. It's, it's just a better size for that. And you can use it, you strap the baby in and place it on top of the baby. So if you're driving around and, um, you know, the, the car stops moving and baby wants to wake up, they're not going to, cause they're going to have that consistency of using the mat. Um, and then, uh, you can also use it in baby carriers, which is a big thing these days, baby wearing. And so that's something that we're trying to close the gap on and educating the customers that there's very, it's very specific on which size you want, right? Um, most people purchase the large because of its, um, because of its size, um, versus if you, if you've got a kid, there are, there are kids like this out there who are what are, what are called car seat screamers who just the minute their butt hits the car seat, uh, they, they just scream at the top of their lungs and hate it. Um, and those parents are the ones who love our product, um, for that it ends up calming them and, and making for instead of a five hour long car ride with crying the entire five hours. Um, but we're, you know, or the baby wearers out there and letting them know, um, that our product is another kind of nice, uh, combination with the actual wearing to keep baby calm. So, um, we're trying to close that gap and educating those customers on those differences. And we, I think we found that out through lives and through actually right. engaging with the customers and understanding how they, um, you know, engage with our content. So, yeah. So, so now to get this kind of messaging out to as, as many, uh, potential customers as possible, what kind of promotion do you try to get in before going live? Is there, is there a good way to, to announce that you're going to go uh, on Facebook live soon? Yes, you create an event on Facebook. I know most people have created events for parties and, you know, friends and things like that. <laughs> um, so uh, we, you know, we create, a, create an event. We'll also post um, maybe a few times on, on Facebook or social media, um, Instagram as well, because you just post a, a photo that has the info and a little blurb. Um, and then, you know, we, we may or may not push it out to our listserv as well and let people know that we're going to be live on Facebook. So um, we're kind of engaging with people across multiple platforms. So, you know, maybe we haven't, uh, you know, seen grandma Joe, uh, you know, she might've purchased the product. She might not have, um, but she's on our mailing list and she, you know, she, there are some grandmas who are tuning in, um, and, and loving our product. And I was certain to say there's plenty who aren't and that's fine too. So, yeah. And uh, do you wait for like quorum or like how many people do you wait to, to join before you, you get started? Oh, no, you just get started. Um, so yeah. So for Facebook live, you just, you just go, um, you know, uh, I would say it depends on the particular topic. Um, we've had anywhere from 10 to 20 active users, upwards of 50 to 75. And obviously, when you're new to starting a Facebook Live, it, you know, it, it might be lower. Um, and, and again, depending on the content, um, the topic. So you're learning what your, your customers actually want to hear about versus what they don't. Um, and so, yeah, so I would say, um, you know, and you're trying to grow that every time. And so the more people you have mm -hmm. tune in, um, you know, the more, or, or the more relevant it is to your customers, the Facebook is going to kind of prioritize that content. It'll show up on people's feeds. So, um, no, you just get started, but you certainly, you can wait. And what you would do is be like, Hey, you know, you kind of introduce yourself. You say, you know, um, if you can hear me, give me a heart or a like. And mm -hmm. so you're kind of doing this little basic type of prep stuff, um, that is engaging with them. And also with the more they like, or, you know, give a heart or anything like that, that's increasing your engagement as well. And that's, that's getting in front of more customers. Um, so you can do things like that at the beginning, but you do kind of just dive in. Um, and then throughout the, the live, you're actually reminding people, um, you're asking questions to engage with them. So you're getting more comments. Again, that's popping that up higher on other customers feeds then so that the, more people may join. You're asking them to share it. Um, you know, Hey, if, if what I said was interesting, or if you've learned anything, don't forget to share. Um, even if you're tuning in afterwards, don't forget to leave us a, a question. We always check back and answer questions, things like that to continue the engagement, which continues to, um, snowball that, um, that ability. Oh, I really like that, that idea of telling them that, Hey, you know, still leave a comment, even if you're watching this later, because you're going to check in again and answer questions anyway, because I think that's, uh, one of the sometimes downfalls of these live videos is that once it's, it's done, it's kind of dead, right? No one's, for the most part, people assume that it's the content is done. There's no more engagement, but you really help extend that, 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 the life of the video by letting people know they can still interact with the video and you're going to tune in or you're going to come back in and still engage with them. Yeah. 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 And, 
it's important too, right? Because if you've touched on a, a particular topic and, you know, like we talked, I talked about with diapers, I talked about circumcision and circumcision care. And if a, if a customer has any questions about that, you know, if you just kind of like leave them hanging, um, mm-hmm. that's not really a great way to either engage, you know, with a potential customer. Um, the more positive touch points they have, um, the more positive they're going to think about you and think about purchasing your product. So. Yeah. Now, what about things like uh, time of day? Is there have you found a good time, or in, or I guess I asked that first, and then the second part of that is, do you keep that time consistent each week or however frequently you you do the lives? Uh, yeah. So what we ended up doing was finding when we had the most engagement in general on Facebook, um, and kind of looking to see what you know we, we were toying with when our posts would go right. So we'd try some three a.m. posts. Um, we would try you know, 9am, 3pm, etc. And we found and various days of the week. And we found that um, Thursdays um, in the afternoon, so we do, uh, it's the afternoon on the East Coast. So it's noon. Mm-hmm. And it's every Thursday at noon. Um, on occasion, we do have to skip a week because I'm traveling and I, you know, I can't do it or we, you know, a guest drops out at the last minute because they're sick or something like that. Um, but we do try to keep it very consistent. And we try to keep it at um, Thursdays at noon. Uh, that being said, of course, uh, I know this coming week, we, we will not have one. Um, and that's, that's because I'm traveling and nobody else could, could cover or fill mm-hmm. in. Um, but yeah, so we do try to keep it consistent. We try not to have gaps. We cho- do try to have kind of multi-part series so that folks, um, that's another way that you can do it. Like if you do diapers part one, um, folks are going to tune in. And then when you do diapers part two, you can tell them, don't forget, like, and tune in for diapers part two. So then you're getting engagement across different days. Um, and then similarly, when you're on the second part of that, you can be like, hey, just so you know, we're talking about this today. But if you mm-hmm. want to know more, about X, Y, and Z, it was on the first part, we're going to leave the link here. And so then you're cross-engaging even with, within your post. So Yeah, having that continuity between all of the, the videos, I think that's a great way to get people to kind of binge watch a lot of what you, you put out there. And is there, is there a particular length that seems to work well uh, for, for, for these videos? Yeah, I would say if we can keep it um, 30 to 45 minutes um, tends to be the best uh, time for us. Um, occasionally, we do go longer than that, but um, anywhere in the 30 to 45 minute range. Um, and that would include question and answer. So we always provide the content and then the Q&A kind of extends it or, you know, depending on how many questions there are out there in the audience. Um, so. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that some content, it sounds like, works really well for Facebook Live. Have you found that, that some, some content it should be better suited for like a written blog versus live? Or like what, what have you found in terms of noticing what's or identifying what's going to be a good topic for Facebook Live? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would say anything that's educational, we have the because of, you know, the the benefit of me being a nurse, uh, we have a tendency to, to see the highest engagement on those because those are things, you know, parents are, can become self-conscious about calling the pediatrician every two seconds, um, mm-hmm. even though that's the pediatricians expect it from new parents. Um, you know, so they're, they, they appreciate that there's additional ways to learn about things and then they get to engage with experts and ask questions. Right. Um, so that's something that has, has kind of been, um, the best for us. Um, but you know, certainly, uh, despite the topic, um, we try to provide a blog to go with the the live and then we link the live to the blog and vice versa. So again, you're getting people across content. So grandma might know how to get to your website, might've read your blog, but she hasn't actually seen your Facebook live and then she can click right to that video, um, after the fact. Um, and so, but I, I mean, I will say depending on the topic, like for the diapers one, I actually tried to make fake diapers that looked like actual, you know, things that we were talking about. So the first, meconium first baby poops and things like that. So I was actually making, is a very visual, um, and we got a lot of positive feedback that seeing the visual was really helpful, um, for folks as opposed mm-hmm. to just being in a, you know, a blog where if you did a visual, you'd have, it'd be more pictures than anything else. Right. And so it's the good to, for us, it's been good. We try to have both together. Um, but I will certainly say that, um, the lives, uh, the lives have a tendency to be better when they're, um, you know, it, to, like to be on the Facebook live. Yeah, yeah, to be the educational content. Now, you mentioned too that sometimes there are others that are tuning in other than uh, Nurse Melissa. Are these the people that work at at the, the, the business or are they partners or content partners of yours? 
um, who Facebook tune in Live. to watch the video. No, to, to, I think you mentioned that sometimes there are other folks that are, are, are running the Facebook Live that, or that providing content. Yeah, so um, so we actually allow them right onto our platform. We just make them a user on Facebook's back end so that they're able to you know, be on their phone you know, for the day or the week um, to be able to, to click live on pages for us. Um, through that. So, right. and, and then on occasion there is a split screen option. Um, I'm not terribly sure how that works. So you could have somebody almost like, you know, um, Skype with them almost. So you'll see a split yeah. screen. And so we're hosting and asking them questions and then they're answering, but we're, you know, in two different locations. Um, that doesn't have a tendency to work so well. Uh, something about that split screen option. Um, Facebook kind of doesn't promote that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it is an option for us. Um, and, and I would say, you know, if people, if people host for us, we either provide them the option or in the case, like I said, one of my colleagues who, um, is not, you know, two, we had two of moms uh, on our team who did our giveaway. And so, you know, they were two, they, they were doing it for us and they work remotely. So we're, we're located out of Boston, but they live in Rochester, New York. And so they were, you know, filming from there that day. Mm-hmm. And I know you mentioned that you just started with the, with the giveaways, at least on Facebook Live. Can you say a little bit more about that? How how was it set up? How was it promoted? What was required for someone to participate in the Facebook Live giveaway? Yeah, I believe um, they had to um, see. I I don't run these, so um, yeah. I, I I could be wrong, um, and I apologize for that. But I believe they had to like our page mm-hmm. and leave a comment um, about why they wanted to win, um, and they might have even had to tag a friend um, in you know in the link to um, you know a, a friend who might need the product mm-hmm. or something like that. But those those are various ways. Um, regardless of that, if that's not how we set up that particular giveaway, those are ways that we have done in the past um, to in- increase engagement in general in giveaways. Um, and then when it comes to Facebook Live, or do they have to tune in to hear the winner? Like, how, how is that component of it tied in? For 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 this particular one, they did not have to tune in. I mean, they had to they had to engage with the video at some point, mm-hmm. ideally in the in the live setting. Um, but they had to engage with it before a certain kind of cutoff, and then um, we announced the winner, I believe, by email. And then that's where we follow up with a "Hey, here's the winner," and then "Sorry, you didn't win, but here's a coupon." Um, has been a great follow up for us, um, and so. Now that I'm thinking about it, they probably not only had to like, but they had to actually enter their email because there's that's another just way for us to mm-hmm. grow our list to be able to re, remarket or target um, these folks as well. So, um, and then what we have thought about, and we we may or may not do um, in the future, but about um, actually announcing the winner live. So you know, you tune in for one live, you engage with the content, but then you have to come back for the second live to. Um, to, you know, to, to be the winner or to hear who the winner is. Um, so we haven't done that yet. Um, but we know that every quarter we're going to be doing giveaways on Facebook lives. So our first last quarter was our first, so December, right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we'll do another one in the next month or two. So, and you're partnering with other, other companies too, to create some kind of bundle for these giveaways. How, how do you identify which, which companies to work with? Yep. So we work with people who are often compatible with our product in some way. So we just did a giveaway with a company um, that does a type of wrap that's specifically for the beach. Um, you know, so you can take it in the water, you can get it wet, it's lightweight. Um, and so we, you know, showed photos of how our product works well with theirs. Um, for the Facebook Live giveaway, we worked with other, it was our favorite sleep products. And so we were a sleep product and then we used um, other compatible non-direct competitor products. Um, and we were able to reach out to them and get them to, um, you know, provide, provide one free product and then they share it. We share it every, you know, there were four, I think there were four or five different products that we use. So there were five, four or five different companies that were engaged, um, in this particular process and they're all sharing the content as well along their channels. So, um, that's again, increasing your engagement, increasing your customer base, getting new emails from, you know, if I'm a parent and I recently brought, bought a swaddle blanket, um, but I don't have the Tranquilo mat, then, you know, it's a great way to, they're learning about it through the swaddle blanket. They just bought it on that Facebook page and then they're, they want to enter to win because they need more sleep and they need the other S's of the swaying and the sound. Um, so they're, you know, they're entering and then we're getting their information and, and being able to show them our product. Mm-hmm. Um, so are there any apps, specific apps or tools that, that you rely on to help run these giveaways? Yes. Um, so, ref- um, 
Rafflecopter is mm-hmm. certainly the biggest one. Um, we use Privy as well to, um, in general, just boost our pers- uh, subscribers um, on the website so folks can interact in that way. Um, and yeah, so I mean, referral candy is definitely, sorry, not referral candy. Rafflecopter is the big one. We do mm-hmm. use referral candy as well um, to um, have customers be able to refer family and friends. So, hey, I bought a Tranquilo mat. And, you know, if you share this and your friend buys it through the link we provide you, you'll, um, you'll get it, you know, $5 off your next order or something like that. Um, but for the actual giveaways, um, is the raffle copter because it's a way to track. It's an easier way to track how many people are engaging. Let's say you make them go over to Instagram and like you, or, you know, they're coming from, uh, the swaddle company's website and they have to like your page. And so it keeps track, um, of, of how customers are engaging in an easy way, um, for us. So, Got it. And so you also mentioned the other partners you work with are, are these influencers. Are they, well, what platform do they usually come from? Which, which social media platform? Um, Instagram has been one of our best, I would say, referrers of um, influencers in that sense. Um, there are a lot of moms out there just uh, creating some really beautiful content, um, really cute pictures of their kids, beautiful photos. Um, a lot of people really enjoy that. So I would say we're getting a lot of influencers in that space. Um, and you know, the, the, we're also getting some, some traditional mommy bloggers, but they often also have, you know, either a very active Facebook or a very active Instagram. Um, so, uh, that, that's generally, um, how we're engaging with those particular Mm -hmm. customers. Again, like I said, um, certain platforms just aren't like, some companies might do well with a LinkedIn, you know, ours is not that kind of company. Right. Um, you know, we're not get, we don't see a lot of customers. We don't get a lot of referrals through Twitter. Um, but other, other companies might. Um, so. Yeah, I guess it depends on what, what platform works best where you look for an influencers in that space. Can, can you say yep. a little bit more about how the, 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 I guess the partnerships or, or deals work with, with these, these influencers? Are they just looking for the product or are there more, is there more involved in a, a deal with a, with an influencer? Yeah. I mean, it it very much depends on who the influencer is. Um, because we're a startup again, we, we try not to engage. We don't, we just don't have the cash to engage and pay Mm -hmm. for play. Um, so there are some mommy bloggers and influencers out there who want money, the hundred, 200, sometimes 500 bucks just to get a blog post out there or things like that. We really, we try not to do that, um, at all. I don't think we've done that at all in the last year or so, just because we, you know, we're trying to be scrappy and, and save our money for the things that, um, that, that we really need to. Um, and so in the, in those cases, we, um, you know, we do provide free product. Uh, again, we try to work with them in other ways. Um, you know, they'll write a blog for us and and we'll share it or vice versa. Um, so we're trying to also, essentially we have a pretty huge following on, um, on social media and, you're going to ask me the numbers, so you're going to have to give me two seconds to actually look it up. Um, but, um, yeah, we have a pretty, pretty big following. And so we, you know, we also offer essentially like, Hey, we would love for you to try our product, review our product, and then we'll share your handle and your mm-hmm. information, um, you know, on our platform so that they can gain new subscribers as well. So, um, you know, that's, that's a way that we, um, we try to work with, with the influencer. We, we also do giveaways too sometimes um, with them so that they their platform is going to get, you know, mm-hmm. a free mat if they engage with, you know, their particular post or Instagram or what have you. So, yeah, I like the idea of being scrappy and not just think about how much or not to resort to to paying cash. You can find other ways to help mutually benefit your, your partners by doing things like helping promote them because as they get larger, they can potentially, you know, work out bigger deals with, with other brands as well. So there's certainly a lot of value that you can provide that doesn't that doesn't just come down to to cash. Um, so you you mentioned it, it sounds like a lot of this ties back to to, to the, the email list too, right? People that sign up for the giveaway, people that come through the influencers, hit the website through Privy and all these other apps you have set up is to drive people to to your email list, and then you market to them that way. So once so when a, a you when a potential customer lands in your email list. Are there different emails, email funnels that, that you send them through depending on how they signed up? How, how intricate does it get? Yeah, so um, we do have what's called a welcome series email. Um, and that's obviously, you know, welcome to the family. Um, you know, we follow up with, you know, in, in case you missed it or here's some interesting content. Um, 
related to either the mat or calming babies. And so we do have this welcome, you know, I think one of the things on the welcome series is a thank you from me, um, for, you know, joining the, joining the families, so to speak. Um, and then once customers have purchased, um, or, you know, if they have an abandoned cart where you, we have a different set of emails for the abandoned cart to remind them. And we have them at set intervals for when they're, um, engaging with, you know, so it's, I, you know, it's like 24 hours and then, you know, 36 hours, you know, there's certain time frames, not 36 hours. It's like three days later. So mm-hmm. we're engaging with them at several touch points, um, along the actual abandoned cart, um, segment. So we're trying to recoup, recoup that, um, and then uh, once you've purchased, there's also additional emails. Um, you know, we ask them for reviews. That's another really great way. Um, we use an, a great um, app on Shopify for product reviews and, and add-ons so that the essentially they get an email um, X amount of days after their purchase asking them to review and they can attach photos. Um, and that's been a really great thing because that that just promotes like when a customer lands on that actual shop page, they can then see all those reviews. Um, so that's, you know, that's part of the post purchase email series. So we have several different funnels, um, for them. And I would say, I believe it's about three to four emails, um, per funnel. Um, I'm really hoping by the way, that my marketing team is not going to like beat me up (laughs) Monday morning with all the misinformation that I've given out there. Um, because they're, they're just such masterminds with all of this. Certainly I'm involved, um, in several capacities, but I don't know the nitty gritty of a lot of, um, those details. (laughs) No worries. So it sounds like definitely at least different types of, uh, funnels that you send them to depending on what stage they're at in, in their, in their purchase, whether it's before, whether they abandoned the card, whether they, they've already made a purchase. Um, so when you are sending out the, these emails, how, how do you know how frequently these are going out? Like, do you try to be conscious of, of what, uh, I guess, uh, cadence works best? Yeah. So I would say that if you're on the list, um, we really try to give maybe one email per uh, per week, excuse me. Um, if it's more than that, it's only because you're also in, let's say the welcome series. So if you've, if you've, you know, been welcome to the, to the family already, you've abandoned your cart, you know, once and you've come back and purchased and you're through the post post purchase, um, you'll only see emails from us maybe once a week. And they'll often relate to the lives or the blogs, um, or other content that's educational for you or the giveaways. There's other things for you to engage in, um, as opposed to just like spamming you, like trying to buy the product. Um, so if you receive more than maybe one email a week, it's because you're within one of the other funnels as well. Um, but we do try to be very conscientious of people's time. And we, we do, um, you know, this is very common in marketing, AB testing where you're looking at, okay, I'm providing this, um, picture in the, in the email and this, uh, subject line. And does that do better or worse than this other one? That's very similar, but you know, instead of calm your crying baby to sleep in seconds, it's, you know, stop babies crying in Mm -hmm. seconds, you know, and it's just slightly different copy and maybe one different picture and you're seeing which one is a better open rate, which one, um, you know, has better click through rates and things like that. And you're trying to figure out what your customers and your audience appreciate and kind of what the trends are. Is that automated or do you look at the the reports afterwards and then decide, let's stick with this, uh, you know, subject line or let's stick with this, this content that, that seems to work better. So we do use MailChimp. Um, although we, you know, if, if folks out there have other suggestions, we are looking um, to possibly change that. Um, they do provide, so you do the AB testing, you set it up in their, um, system for the, for the actual email. And then they do send out the A and the B to X number on your list. And then once they've determined which one is better, it does automatically send only the remaining folks on your list, the, the higher open rate one. Um, so it it is kind of an automated, I mean, obviously you have to create the content for both. That's never going to be automated. Um, but it does, you know, kind of, um, market test, which, which content will be better for a certain subset. And then it'll send out, you know, the highest performing to the rest of your list. So that's been, um, a nice time saver for our, um, for our team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any other applications or, or whether they be uh, Shopify apps or off of Shopify that you rely on to help run the business? Yeah. So we, uh, we taught our company, like I said, we have a few team members who tune in, uh, remotely 
And so we use Slack to communicate with our team. Uh, we also use Trello, which is a cool project management. Uh, it's got different segments of the company, so you can keep track of what everyone's working on, the various things that are due and due dates. Uh, again, I mentioned MailChimp. Um, of course, Shopify. We love Shopify. I will say that I used a different platform before. Um, the business was formed back in 2015, and for about a year, I struggled on a very different um platform. And then we switched to Shopify and it was like night and day. So, <laughs> um, come to love Shopify. Like I said, we do, um, the, one of the huge things there, there's a, a way to, to tie in. I believe this is directly through Shopify. Actually, you can just tie in your Amazon store through, right. um, Shopify. And that's been awesome because like I said, it just, it's just one easy way to, we track our inventory that way. We track our returns through that because everything's coming in one platform and we don't have to kind of look at, well, how much do we owe in the sales tax? But I have to look, you know, on Shopify and on Amazon. So it's a good way to, 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 to bring that information to one space. Um, yeah, so those are, those are kind of the, the tools, um, you know, in and outside of, of Shopify. Um, and then the apps that we use, I mentioned, um, love the product reviews and add-ons that allows customers to be able to, um, provide photos and reviews pretty instantly through a post-purchase email. Privy is the way that we boost subscribers and, and get, you know, people onto our company list. Um, referral candy is something that we used for customers to refer other customers, um, and gives them a nice discount. And then we also, um, have a store locator on our website. Um, that's kind of a newer thing because we've started to break into more retail channels. And so as we're selling to other channels, um, we want customers to be able to find their local and national retailers who are selling our product and be able to, um, purchase like, you know, if you have a crying baby and you want a solution, you know, you might not be able to wait the two or three days it mm-hmm. takes to, even with expedited shipping right. sometimes to get the product. So you might want to just go to the, the local store if it's, you know, a couple miles down the street. So, um, we do use a store locator, which, um, has been very helpful. And, and, uh, you know, I know our channel partners really appreciate that. So. Thank you so much for your time, Melissa. So tranquilomat.com is a website that's tranquil with an O M A T.com. Where do you want to see the business go next? What kind of big goals do you have for this year? Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I want to continue to grow the business. Um, we, like I said, we aired on Shark Tank last year and just saw some really tremendous growth. And we've uh, opened up, like I said, a lot of new retail uh, channels lately. Um, so the you'll you'll start to see our product on store shelves. So Target and Bye Bye Baby, um, and then a few other uh, partners. I I believe Babies R Us may or may not be. Um, you know, we're looking to expand there. We're also looking to expand into Canada and some other international channels. So we're just going to continue to get the word out there uh, to the folks about us and, um, you know, get this thing into the stratosphere. So (laughs) um, I would definitely say those are the goals just to continue to grow. Um, You know, we went from a a small business to uh, over a million dollars last year in sales. And we want to obviously just keep growing from there. So let's shoot for two, two million or more this year. That's my goal. So (laughs) shoot big. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Thank you again so much for your time, Melissa. Thanks, Felix. Here's a sneak peek for what's in store in the next Shopify Masters episode. Again, always to, to service the customer versus trying to go after a certain customer. Thanks for listening to Shopify Masters, the e-commerce marketing podcast for ambitious entrepreneurs. To start your store today, visit shopify.com masters to claim your extended 30-day free trial. Also, for this episode's show notes, head over to shopify.com blog.